Burlesque moms have it all. Careers, family, and that glamorous showgirl lifestyle. Okay, maybe it isn't always glamorous, but it's a lot of fun. And as a working mom, grown-up fun is not always easy to find. These are the adventures of four fabulous friends who just happen to be burlesque moms. Aloha and welcome to Burlesque Bombs, the only podcast that brings you into the world of dancing and drinking and drinking while dancing, all while juggling jobs, munchkins, and a propensity to overindulge. We are Cabaret and Cocktails, Maui's cheekiest burlesque troupe. My name is Lily Olay, Maui's tropical burlesque princess. I'm Sadie Vine, the divine double diva of Maui burlesque. I am Miss F-Bomb, the hottest weapon in the burlesque arsenal. And I am Bourbon Lane, a warm shot of burlesque whiskey. Wonderful, as is our traditions, ladies. What are we all drinking today? Well, I am going back to a Cabaret and Cocktails classic of having red wine, and I am sampling the wares of a local vineyard. It's called Parisos, and they have this fabulous little wine called the Tamara or the Tamara. Tamikins, <laughs> Tamaruski. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but it is delicious. It's very figgy and pomegranate-y, and it's a stray from what I usually drink from them. I usually drink their Italian stallion, which is very jammy and great with Ooh. Italian delights. It is quite the Italian delight. Awesome. I'm going kind of a classic today since I'm at the country club for their Margaritaville party, but I'm not drinking a margarita. I'm having a vodka cranberry. Very classic. Reminds me of being 20 again. But And you two ladies, you girls are doubled up. That's what a Cape Cod. A Cape Cod. Or to Allison, also known as a vagina smoothie. <laughs> There's an awesome story from Tiffany's there. I yeah, I, I don't I forget how it went down, but she decided it was going to be called the vagina. A Cape Cod. A Cape Cod would be called the vagina, vagina smoothie. smoothie. Henceforth shall be known as a vagina smoothie. <laughs> well, now you guys just ruined my drink. I'm going to have to order a Mai Tai now. <laughs> so Miss F-Bomb and I are together in my infant son's room <laughs> with all the baby decorations We're around. literally sitting in a nursery with booze. Yeah. My husband made us drinks. It's my husband's, one of his favorites from the Mill House, which is a restaurant on Maui. It's got new owners now, but this was old even when it had the old owners. It was like one of their older cocktails that they had that my husband loved. They didn't have it on the menu, but if they had the right bartenders there, they would make it. Because they always had, it, it involves a shrub, which is, it's a pineapple vanilla shrub, which is just, you soak pineapple and vanilla overnight with water and sugar, and then you add vinegar to it. And it kind of, kind of strange, but it, it works really well. I say it's strange for those of you who don't know, a shrub is a vinegar base. They used to call them sipping vinegars. Yeah. Okay. Excellent base. If they're making a huge comeback, excellent base for a lot of cocktails. Yeah, it's a great base, but they also used it in some of their non-alcoholic drinks. So they still had shrub. So they were still able to make the shrub royale if there were the bartenders that remembered how. And so it was my husband's favorite drink. So they would make it for him. They, I mean, obviously not now because it's not even the same bartenders at all and they don't make shrubs anymore. But he found a website where they kind of like figured out how it was made. And so he's been playing with it. But it's it's this pineapple vanilla shrub. It's got St. Germain, lemon, creme de cassis, creme de cassis and vodka. And it's so good. It's so good. And it's made with love. And he definitely kind of dialed back the vinegar a lot because it was kind of overwhelming the first couple times. Always, in my experience, having also played with shrubs, listeners, 
if you are going to venture forth into the world of shrubs, dial back the finger, increase the sugar. Yeah. Pro tip. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're drinking. Shrub Royale. Aaron's Shrub Royale. It's delicious. Thanks, Dadcom. <laughs> well, now that we know what we're all drinking, in our last show, we discussed the top challenges we face as burlesque dancers on Maui, but we didn't cover our number one challenge, the kids. So today we want to delve into the realities we face as parents, aunties, and performers. So does, I mean, where do we want to start? There's so many places to start with kids and jobs and not enough hours in the day. Yeah, we've gotten pretty good at kind of integrating the kids into rehearsal. Definitely. And like really getting efficient with our rehearsal time because we know we don't get a lot of it. Yes. It's a very, very small window. So we bring the kids in. That's yeah. that's actually a huge difference that we've had. We're <laughs> we 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 cut to the chase when it comes to rehearsals compared to the B C times before children where we would use our rehearsal days as a time to socialize and imbibe and, well, and we'd, indulge. And now we we'd work through the, more. yeah, we'd work through the choreography together and take the time to like explore the choreography. And now we kind of, we choreograph ahead of time. The F-Bomb choreographs a lot of it for us. And we just kind of come in and learn it really quick. And I mean, we involve the kids. They come in and they dance with us. We have dance breaks with them. And sometimes we hold them while we dance. <laughs> uh, Bourbon and her son have done a lot of that. And, you know, they've gotten into dancing with us. And Uncle Jay has gotten really good at <laughs> distracting <Wrangling> children. <laughs> right. Well, and it, it, it's been changing. I mean, from as the kids get older, I mean, now if Winston comes to rehearsal with me, he ain't nothing. He kind of just makes sure I leave on time and I don't drink too much wine. But when... Uh, We're at the point now where we can have Lily Olay's kids watch the younger kids. It's actually really awesome. Yeah, Olivia likes to follow Winston around. So I know if I had to go do something with Lily, I can bring Olivia with me and I'd give Winston a 20 and just let's say, Winston, just make sure she... And she just kind of like follows him. Like she's enamored by him and isn't going to do anything and just will follow Winston around. It's adorable. That's the thing. We've, we've introduced the children to their first crushes so whereas Winston was absolutely in love with Bourbon Lane when he was a wee little thing now Olivia is absolutely in love with Winston and Winston just thinks Olivia's the best that's a weird love triangle right there <laughs> Jack rarely would come to rehearsal with me my older boy Jack he would always stay home with Scott and when the boys were real little like the age your kids are now that's where I felt bad leaving Scott at home with two tiny little guys so I bring one with me and it was usually Winston Winston's the one that he, he's more social so he likes coming and seeing Olivia he loves Olivia because she's not bossy but we'll see I mean eventually Winston's not even going to want to come to rehearsal with me. He's going to be 10 in July. He's going to be too cool, right? Oh my gosh. I know. And then... Yeah, I mean, coming from the perspective of the auntie, I think the thing that's changed most about our rehearsal time is it's, we, we have our socializing time now and we have our rehearsal time and the rehearsal time, we we hit it. Like we're... Yeah. We put the pedal to the metal and we handle stuff. I mean, we still have plenty of social time. It's just... It's just different. Yeah, we, we definitely rely a lot on the boys and each other to kind of wrangle the children. Distract them for a few minutes. <laughs> we have footage from various numbers of the kids learning awesome choreography. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember the choo-choo booty, choo-choo booty? <laughs> My kid still says choo-choo booty occasionally. He'll just randomly start saying choo-choo booty, choo-choo booty. I'm like, that's 
solid choreography. <laughs> That's choreography. Well, what's one funny thing? So Olivia's been coming to your house for rehearsal since she was basically she was born. I think we were there like a week or two after she was born because we were starting to work on burlesque fest stuff. And, and Caitlin was there. I think Caitlin was yeah. visiting and she was staying with you. And like, so I have a picture of me hold, holding my infant while, while Jay's holding, the, you're holding Zaya. <laughs> we're both holding our yep. baby girl. <laughs> Mine is two weeks old and his is a giant dog. She's our, she's our wee little dog. She's yeah, only she's the 65 dog. pounds. <laughs> but so <laughs> because of that, like there's been a few times where, like Aaron would stay home with the kids and I would just go to rehearsal so that it would be, you know, it'd be easier for him because we have all the toys here. So he doesn't have to try to entertain Olivia at their house, but Olivia would get upset because she wants to go and be at these rehearsals. She misses seeing all of us and coming and dancing with us. And she wants to see Gideon and she wants to be part of it. So trying to, you know, make it easy on us and not have her there kind of back. I had to like, I had to not tell her where I was going or she'd get upset because she wanted to be, you know. Well, this is part of her life. I mean, you were still rehearsing in my living room when you were freaking eight months Very pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I one of the most touching things I've ever experienced in my life was my older dog, Kaipo, knew knew that auntie sadie was preggers and when it was getting close like he and he's a mama's boy but he would not leave auntie sadie alone he was just always just at your side yeah that's so sweet yeah the sweetest thing ever yeah it was great my baby taking care of you in anticipation of your baby (laughs) our kids have really been part of of rehearsal and we've kind of managed that. We figured out how to make that work. We've spent a ton on babysitters. We have our go-to, our go-to babysitter who watches our kids during shows, and she's great. She watches. She was watching Olivia and Gideon, and and she's she's wonderful. <laughs> but she's not cheap. But she is really wonderful. Yeah, she's also one of those where I feel like she's a better parent than I am. Well, it's easier when it's not your kids. True. And she's just, you know, she's, that's what she does is she takes care of little kids. So she understands child development and she, and all of that. And and Olivia loves her. Olivia loves her so much that like she wanted her to come over. And so we had to figure out plans last weekend. It was awesome. And so when McKenna got here, I told her, I'm like, so just so you know, we didn't have plans. Livy wanted to see you. And she's (laughs) like, oh my gosh. And like when she's there, Olivia's like, I love you, McKenna. Wait, let's go back because before Auntie McKenna, the babysitter, got here, she looked at mommy and said, why aren't you ready yet? Because <laughs> yeah, I, hadn't, I hadn't gotten all like, because usually when I leave her with McKenna, it's because we're doing a show. And so I'm like in full stage makeup or we're going out to a fancy dinner and I'm yeah. dressed up. And this time, because, you know, we didn't really plan much. We just, it was a last minute thing. We, we got reservations at Umi <laughs> for sushi with these guys and- and just went out and I was just wearing whatever. And Livy's like, you're not ready to go, mom. It was, it was basically like, uh, you need to get ready. McKenna's yeah. coming. McKenna's you coming. Just- you need to get ready. You're not ready to go. I want you to leave because I want to play with McKenna. That's so cute. I keep thinking though, we're always, we've always been really good as a group about putting number. Well, it was the choreograph choreography already done by f-bomb we get there and we can put together a number of what two three rehearsals and be like have gone through the whole thing right we've done it once take a look at our our christmas number uh that we did for the opening of the show for our virtual show we learned that choreography on the spot in the moment also we had an advantage in that we were filming 
Yes, the so filming he, does change that. We don't have to necessarily rehearse as much. Although I think that would have that number would have been a little bit better if we'd all been a little less drunk when we filmed it. I was not drunk. <laughs> hey, it was holidays. It was. I had lights on me. I had a battery pack. There was going to be a little buzz on that one for sure. Well, this is the opening that we did at Annie's house. This was Santa baby. Okay, now we were all pretty. Oh, God. <laughs> that was really bad. But I spilt that whole. Oh, God. Well, that also was my. Um, we weren't drunk. We were just. We were a wasted. Little toads. It was also my trilogy company party. Our virtual Christmas party was online that time. So I was like doing the virtual party. And remember, I had to like do a warm up for our employees because we were all going to be drinking at home. And then I got dressed and I poured, not poured, I spilled that entire glass of red wine down my dress. While we were filming. But luckily it was that polyester while we were filming. It, gosh, we should put that blooper up. Oh, I'm so surprised that Annie still lets me come over to her house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I can find it. It's so hard to find in haiku. So when I do get there, at least she doesn't kick me out. <laughs> I feel like in general, when it comes to momhood, which again, I have no say in this because all I have is observation. Oh, yes. What have you observed? <laughs> we drink too much. <laughs> it comes down to everybody has gotten much bigger masters of time management. It's definitely a lot harder than it used to be. But we've all kind of become chameleons and been able to sort of like roll with it. I mean, how many times have we all rehearsed a number even as anti-bomb with like a kid between your legs or on your hip. Well, and the fact that F-bomb that you let us come into your house with all of our kids and drink all your wine and hang out in your living room till way too late because I don't want to go home and fold laundry. <laughs> like I always, I always, I should tell you more often how much I appreciate you letting us use your space. So it's awesome. Aww. My favorite is when the husband and the dog give up and just go into different rooms. Leave us with the children, and they're like, "All right, peace." Yeah, Zio, go lay in the middle of the king size bed. <laughs> Turn the lights off, <laughs> and uh, Maker Hal retreats to the office, plays games on the computer. Kaipo stands in the middle of it, wagging his tail, smiling at us all. The kids run amok, and we just deal. <laughs> uh, how are we doing at cocktails? I feel like I'm running a little low here. Should we go get some? Take a little refill break i am pacing myself because after the last time i was yeah but it was it was your birthday so you all chose the subject matter i don't have much to say other than observations which are not going to be well received so i'm just going to keep drinking gee whiz <laughs> so all right well let's take a quick little break so i could go get another cocktail from the bartender all right be right back And we are back with fresh cocktails and talking about the challenges of kids and performing. Gosh, there's so many. But actually, it seems somewhat, we make it work, don't we? I'm not saying we don't make it work, but for me, it is way different being a mom performing than it was when I was just a single lady rocking it on stage. I think some of the things that are the most challenging for me, and sometimes you have to laugh about it, it's laugh or cry, quite frankly, but the amount of time I have for costuming, which is one of my favorite parts, yeah, not only has drastically dropped, but also the way that I can costume. Because before in my 
you know, BC before kids days, I would just, my entire kitchen counter would be covered with sequins and ribbons and I would just lay it out and it would be out there for days and I would have weeks or, or however long it needed to be out on my counter undisturbed. And I would just an hour here, 10 minutes there, 20 minutes there, add some rhinestones, sew this. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sewing, but glue this, whatever the case may be. But then after I had my kid, <laughs> my child is not the kind of child who will just quietly leave something alone. That's never going to happen. He destroys anything. So yeah. I remember trying to make a costume that had pearls, just like uh, I had a, a long roll of pearls, just a string of pearls. And I swear I left the room for maybe 32 seconds, just long enough to like go wash my hands, grab something from the other room. I don't remember what I was doing. And I came back in and my son had, who had just learned to walk. He was not, he was barely one, was completely, his down his diaper covered in the <laughs> pearls, but he'd also managed to wrap the pearls around the industrial grease of my ch of my swivel chair and then had dragged grease along the entire white carpet of my apartment it's just everywhere there was just grease tracks oh. and pearls everywhere and i'm like okay lesson learned i cannot keep anything out that's costume related he thought it was so funny loved the pearls it was a, just had a grand old time just covered in industrial grease it's just everywhere the worst and i think that that's been really hard for me is that i can't I can't just craft at my leisure. It's I can only do things from like 8.30 p.m. to 1 o'clock in the morning. Like those are my, that's my window. And then I have to go to sleep for a couple hours because he's up usually by six, sometimes earlier. And then he goes nonstop until 8.30 p.m. So my window of crafting is so small and everything has to be put away completely. I can't just stop the project and, like, project and put a sheet over it and then come back to it. Like there's none of that. It's Everything has to be completely put away and then completely brought out again. And that's been a huge challenge in performing and in, mm. in costume creation. Everything it's, I just try to do the least amount of stuff as possible because I know I can't. I, I've even heard about you <laughs> complaining about even trying to put lashes on. Oh yeah. He'll be on. I mean, he, he's, I love him and he's a mama's boy because I, he, I am a single parent. He, he has no other person to hang out with other than me and he will I will put on lashes and he'll be on my back, literally like piggyback on me or even on my shoulders now. So I like, put his hand over my face. I'm like trying to put an eyelash on and he's, it's intense. He just does not. And and he also, he really enjoys all the makeup and the pen. Like when I do face painting and so forth, then he wants to do it too. But then it's like, he wants to do it immediately. Focus on me now. It's me, me, me. And, and I understand he's, he's three. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it'll get better. Of course, I've been telling you that. It'll get better. It'll get easier. It does. I mean, let's put it this way. I just bought a new pair of high heels. And you know when your shoes are really tight and they're uncomfortable and you want someone to break them in? I'm so lucky that Winston was like, oh, mom, I like these. And I was like, break them in for me, Winston. So, you know, or, or like how I used to use Winston as my wig stand because we have the same size head. So I would just bribe him to sit still and I could do my whole, like especially my whipped cream number, that Maria Antoinette wig that I made. It wouldn't, I couldn't get it to work on that, the stand. So yeah, I mean, there's, it, it'll get easier, but then you'll have teenagers. Jack's giving me sass now. He's all like, <laughs> no, whatever, mom. So I guess I take it back. It doesn't get easier. It just gets weirder. Yeah, I definitely noticed the same thing. I mean, fortunately my, my daughter was not, is not quite as, 
as rambunctious as your son. <laughs> she's calmer. She's just, you can put her in front of a book or a play center or her iPad or whatever, and she'll like chill on her own for 20 minutes. I could put my son in front of an iPad and he'll technically chill, quote unquote, but that he'll still want to talk to me and look at this and look at that. And how about this? And what, oh, and then change the, the station 57 times. Like he, there's no calm, <laughs> calm three-year-old boy. No, I feel like if you left your son alone with an iPad, he would hack into your bank account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For reals. Uh, yeah, so with, I mean, so when I, when Olivia was about seven, six months old, I, um, that's when I costumed the last like big show that I costumed. So I used to do big theater costumes. I did La Caja Faux. I did Adam's Family. And those are huge. Ooh, those were great costumes. It's huge. It's a huge cabaret. cabaret. Handmade lingerie, which was amazing. By the way. Yeah. So it's all like, it's really a lot of work because it's a whole lot of just making costumes from scratch. And that was what I would do is I would make costumes from scratch and I'd buy the fabric and I'd cut it and I'd sew it. And the last big one that I did was cabaret. And Olivia was, I think, between like five and eight months old was when I was working on it. And it was the, the only one I did after she was born. And I had I even had a sewing room. So like I had a sewing room, I had a dedicated space to do my sewing. It wasn't big enough for me to do cutting. So I was cutting in the kitchen, doing the cutting the patterns of fabric out in the kitchen. And I go upstairs and sew it. But I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I mean, I, I got it all done. I managed to get through it, but it was like, okay, yeah, no, this is not possible with a kid. I thought, you know, I can, I can figure it out. I can make it happen. No. So that was the last big show that I did with costumes because I just don't have the time to do it. Fortunately, my kid is a little bit, you know, she is, she will sit still and I have some time to do stuff, but that doesn't mean I have as much time as I used to. When I used to do get into costuming, I spent like every waking hour that I wasn't working, I would be sewing. And I definitely can't do it now, especially now with Hunter, I no longer have a sewing room. When I found out I was pregnant with my, my second kid, I lost my sewing room because we need a guest room for my in-laws. So my sewing room became a guest room and all my sewing stuff is between all of the different closets in our house, have a little bit of costume and sewing stuff. I have a little sewing desk downstairs and I have like, so it's all over the place. And in my house. And some of it's at F-Bomb's house. <sighs> but yeah, so like... I can't do that level. So even though I'm, you know, I have a little bit more free time than, than um, Bourbon does because my, my daughter is a little bit easier to entertain on her own. I still don't have the time that I used to have to dedicate to this type of stuff. I, and so I've, I've looked at like, there's, there's, there's times where I have to pick and choose. What am I going to put my time into? And it, and I spend a lot more time buying things than I would have before things that I could build. I will buy because I just don't have the time to put into it. I used to make my courses and that's not happening now. I don't have time for that. So I'll buy a nice corset and then build it from there. So it's, it's a lot about, you know, what can you find and what can you do to make it easier? And it's, you know, it, it's a challenge too. It's a challenge to figure that stuff out is, is what can you buy on Amazon and then change? How do you change it to make it work? And make it look custom. Yeah. How do you do that? And that's fun too. It's a different kind of challenge, but it's fun too. And you know, at the, the time I had Olivia at that last show, I was kind of getting burnt out of hand making costumes from scratch. I've done a lot of it and I'm really pleased. Like Cabaret was definitely one of the best shows that I think I've ever costumed. Those were beautiful. Like, I mean, Adam, Adam's family was really cool too, but the fact for Cabaret that you made every lingerie piece 
custom by hand. It was those that they were beautifully. That was really well done. Absolutely freaking amazing. As somebody who she made a costume for, like they were just exquisite, truly. So yeah, so I mean, like with every show, I have like the things that I like about each show, but there's very few shows where I like everything that I did. There's only three shows, and they're Chicago was one of them, which was I just loved. I like I had a vision going in, and I had a plan, and for like everything from top to bottom, and I made it work, and I and I, I made a lot of those costumes. The other one was Shout where I made a lot of those costumes too. Shout was one of my favorite that I costumed. She and made me a go-go pirate. You were a go-go pirate, but that's <laughs> like, they specifically say in the script what she is wearing. They do this like fashion show and they say what she's wearing. And I put her in that and she's like, oh, this is costume. And I'm like, list it in the script. I cannot change it because they say it in the script. It's a goddamn go-go pirate. Yeah, but it was cute. It was so cute. You were like Mary Tyler Moore, and then you were a go-go pirate. I was Mary Tyler Moore attempting to go-go dance at a club awkwardly on a cube. I have a totally random, but let's say they did Little Shop of Horrors again. Would you be down to cost it? Would you make one of those Audrey twos? Could you make, I mean... I don't know. I don't know if they would have me do that. They'd probably have a prop person do it. I think the last time they had a prop person do it. Do you want to borrow mine from last Halloween? I mean, done deal. Yeah, yeah. Like they had, the last time they did it was the mid-2000s. It was the first show Allie was ever in, and he was amazing in it. He played Seymour, and he was amazing in it. <gasps> oh, I bet. And they had the big Audrey, too. They had it in the theater for the long time, longest time, and I think they auctioned it off at one point because they're like, we can't store this anymore. And it's huge, so it's just like they had to do something with it, so they sold it. I was just rewatching that movie. It's just, it's, it holds up so well. I still just, it's, it's just one of my favorites and the music. You listen to the music. It's Alan Menken who did like all the Disney stuff. And if you listen to it somewhere that's green is also part of your world mm -hmm. or which is also part of porn world in our world. I can't hear that song without naughty lyrics anymore. It's not possible. Oh my gosh. What was that show called? The Avenue, Avenue Q. Q. Avenue Q. I still internet is for porn like i that is just in my head forever and ever that was so much fun and that was so great that they were able to do that show but also the i mean the performing when you did that zombie show that was hilarious too f-bomb that was some good theater evil dead oh yeah evil dead yeah uh Sadie costumed my headless body <laughs> remember when you were building costume Sarah and you were and Amanda and your husband were talking about the correct blood splatters and her dad so it was it was we had I forget what we had done I think we, we'd gone and done something and for some reason we were killing time by hanging out at my house and so it was bourbon and and her parents who happened to be visiting who you know probably not burlesque fans probably not thrilled about the burlesque my dad just found out like last week that I have cabaret cocktails. He was like, who's this cabaret cocktails bill to? And I'm like, that's for me. He's like, what is this? You do cabaret? I'm like, hello, I've been doing cabaret for like six years. Get it together. But her dad is a doctor. And so I had to make a, basically a costume for a headless person that runs around. So in the Evil Dead, the musical. Um, My character is beheaded. Yeah. So the girlfriend is beheaded. I guess with an axe, right? I thought it was a chainsaw. We were talking about a chainsaw. It's supposed to be an obvious gag where they have a really big man as the headless body. 
So they they show you know they show him behind a screen doing the hacking, so you don't actually see any of it. But then the like the body is still running around without the head with the chainsaw for a while. But it's a, it's a huge man, and so they they had they had Jungle Jim as the huge man just because to make it really obvious that it's not actually like a headless body running around. It's a dude in a costume. I got to look like I was totally yoked for like. Two minutes. So yeah, but it was her head. Her head was sitting there talking and then the body was running around. And so I had to make this, figure out how to make a headless costume. And most of the time with a headless costume, like when I was researching it, the head is there and you're like holding your head while there's the thing above you. And so I was trying to figure out, well, how do you make it look like their arms are moving and they're actually, so that was a challenge. But we were trying to figure out how much blood there would be on it. And so, because we were, at the time, I was wrong, but I thought it was a chainsaw that she got her head cut off with. It turns out it was an axe. But so we were talking about, so it was me, my husband, Bourbon, and then Bourbon's parents <laughs> talking about this, about how oh much, God. how much spatter would there be everywhere? And, and of course, my husband's like, make sure you, it's spatter, it's not splatter, it's spatter. And I'm going on about that. And, and Bourbon's dad, who's a doctor, is talking about how the blood would, <laughs> what it would do when you chop the head off. And so we were trying to figure out. Would the wound be cauterized if it was this heat? And, and it was the most ridiculous conversation. I think I, I walked in halfway into that conversation. We should probably have an episode about how family has somehow become involved yeah. in all of this. Even my Mormon mother has contributed to shows. She has, yeah. But we already talked about my sister, contributions <laughs> of her house. <laughs> yep. I know this podcast, we were supposed to talk about the challenges of performing, but really performance for us is one night. That's easy to find the babysitter for that one night. It's about getting to the performance that has is the challenge for us, finding that time, bringing the kids to rehearsal. So I, I just wanted to clarify that. As the person outside of the mom group, the collaborating is not the same. We just, we don't, we don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that's one of the things that's definitely shifted over the years as we've had added kids into the fold. So it was first, I mean, Lily, you always had your kids, but again, one of them would come with you. One of them would stay home for the most part. They didn't always come to rehearsals, but then we added Sadie or baby coming into the mix and then mine and then Hunter. And I think it's definitely progressed in this super tight rehearsals, trying to get everything done, having stuff pre-planned, a lot of stuff's divide and conquer so we'll delegate okay you're doing sequins you're doing rhinestones you're doing choreography and a lot of divide and conquer so we can get stuff done on our own time schedule and even for this podcast there's four of us which is a very unconventional interview or, or, or hosting dynamic but we have to I mean the hardest part about this podcast really is getting our schedules on, on point finding time where we're all free to sit down together that is true oh uh, there's also something I want to touch on Giggity. For all of the ladies out there, giggity. Giggity. Um, Touch it, Felicia. Touch it. Because you're all strong, amazing women, there's a stigma associated with being a mom and being okay with your sexuality and your body. And I have noticed, especially in Bourbon and Sadie, that there is an adjustment period for sure in recuperating from having a child and getting comfortable with your body and your sexuality again. Which is funny because this time I performed, I mean, we recorded Hey Big Spender when I was about six weeks postpartum. Oh, it, yeah. It was like super, super like I, I don't think I was cleared to do stuff before we started rehearsing. You and Bourbon are very mobile in that aspect. Yeah. You're like, what did the doctor say? Yeah, we're going to film it anyway. Because after, after Olivia, we did, you guys did a 
sexy side shows and I like I I was very clear that I am not going to be part of this. I, I was not part of sexy side shows. I did not go to Hawaii Burlesque Fest that year because I was like, it's going to be too soon. I will not be comfortable. You with also it. had a lot of recovering to do after like post C-section. That's right. Yeah. Which stuff. was yeah, unexpected. And then, so I did my first show. It was, I was about four months postpartum when we did late night horrors. And even then I wasn't quite like I had to, I definitely designed my costume thinking that, you know, I was bigger. I needed a corset. There was no way the corset was coming off because I was not there yet. This time around, I mean, I'm a little bit, you know, I knew more what to expect. I did not have a C-section the second time around, which was totally unexpected. It was insane. Which is insane. That's a whole podcast on its own. Definitely. But so that was a different, so it was a totally different type of recovery. I went from, you know, the first time I had no abs the second time I was just like, quote, got hit in the badge with a sledgehammer. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm wearing headphones at the country club right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Woody Harrelson walks by and it's like, hit in the badge with a sledgehammer. <laughs> well, now you said it. I know, I'm getting looks. That was a direct quote from Sadie. And seriously, it does take a lot to be confident to get up on stage and take your clothes up, especially after just having a baby. So good for you guys. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the awesome things about burlesque is they push back at the societal norms for sexy. Mm -hmm. And that is something I really wanted to touch on. Love that. In this podcast, especially coming from you two ladies who were already hot and heavy into burlesque, bourbon and Sadie, when you had your children. And I still know that both of you still struggle with some like body image issues in being a mom and postpartum because my boobs, my boobs were so, I miss them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I miss my boobs too. <laughs> but I, 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 I mean, I hear this constantly from the people around me. And again, I am not a mom, nor do I have any desire to be one. Thanks you all. But <laughs> But there, there is definitely some some body image stuff that you all go through postpartum. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. and that's that's what's so awesome about you all getting back into burlesque is you're showing that like, no, even after having children, like you're still in touch with your sexuality and still okay with getting up there and showing yourself off. But post baby glory, I think that's that's actually pretty badass, and I think it's inspiring to a lot of people. It is. I, I mean. I remember when we were on a walk, well, you girls have all performed burlesque pregnant, or Sarah, Sadie and, and Bourbon. Yeah, me neither. I haven't done it either, F-bomb. But remember when that belly dancer turned around and you had no idea she was pregnant? And like, it, it's actually really beautiful to see pregnant women and women still performing. Like they didn't stop. I mean, my favorite picture of you, Sadie Vine, is your pregnancy picture with your beautiful burlesque lingerie set and that beautiful belly. It was just wonderful. Yeah, I've, I've always absolutely loathed the separation of pregnancy and sexuality. Uh, babies come from boom boom time, usually. <laughs> Not always, but there is sexual activity involved in all creation yeah. of babies. And that's freaking okay, people. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is, is that, like, I, so as a, you know, even before I had kids, I was never a fond of my stomach. That's always been my, like, 
issue. Like my body issue is my stomach. I don't like showing off my stomach because it's never been like, even, even though it's not flat, it's like flabby. And I just don't like how it looks. And even that was, that was true before I had kids. When I was pregnant, everything smoothed out because it was bigger. So I was okay showing off my stomach when I was pregnant because it was like filled in and smooth. Whereas normally it's smaller, but it's like flabby and, and like rolls. So it's so funny because like, I have no problem showing off my stomach when I'm pregnant, when I'm not pregnant. No, that gets hidden under a corset. (laughs) Because your stomach is amazing, especially post having two children. You're still a kick-ass mom and a kick-ass dancer. And I love that you're still willing to, even when you do take issue with the changes that have happened in your body, the fact that you all are still willing to get out there. Because, again, the societal norms for what's sexy in women are so restricting and restraining and, and repressive that it's amazing to see women postpartum, like moms, get out there and just rock it. So regardless of whether you have a smooth tummy or no cellulite or whatever, like the fact that you'll still get up there and freaking lick your boot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I've licked my boot since having kids. I'm pretty sure you, maybe not on stage or on camera, but I've definitely done it in pole class. (laughs) I wasn't wearing boots, but I've, you know, licked licked my hairy my little stubbly no the fact that you all will still get I, I feel like you all whether you realize it or not the three of you outside of anti-mom the three of you being moms and the fact that you're still comfortable with getting on stage and getting into the sexy zone like getting into your your fierce persona is a big deal and it's inspirational for a lot of women because I feel like a lot of women have trouble postpartum rediscovering their sexuality i mean a huge portion of my clientele as a burlesque and pole instructor are moms and they're just trying to get back 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 in touch with themselves one thing i mean we've talked about it before i love about burlesque is that burlesque is not necessarily a young person's thing Mm -hmm. no or a skinny person's thing like I, I, it's all the body shape. Uh, Jezebel Express, she was just doing a thing on Instagram about hosting burlesque performers of all sizes and and really embracing that. And I love that about burlesque shows. I mean, the first time we went to Oahu and I felt like I saw a real burlesque festival, there was so many different size performers. And I thought that was just, ah, oh, this is where I want to be. Well, ladies, my computer battery is about to die and I see my one of my kids hitting another kid with a pool noodle right now um (laughs) that kid totally deserves a whack of good and i'm out of a drink so i guess is this how we finish up the challenges of performing with children i mean next one we'll have to talk about like acts with children and like performing with animals that kind of thing Well, it's time. It's definitely time for another round. Jack, stop hitting that kid with the towel. (laughs) Oh, so here we go, ladies. So that's a wrap for today. Wonderful podcast. Love seeing you guys. I am Lily Olay. I am Bourbon Lane. I am Sadie Vine. And I am Miss F-Bomb. All right. Join us next week for more Burlesque Moms or check out our blog at burlesquemoms.com for the latest stories, tutorials, recipes, costumes, and more. And we will see you again, or, well, we won't see you, but we hope that you hear us again soon. Signing out. Well, that was another fun diversion. Now it's time to go wash the marker out of that freshly rhinestoned thong. 
you liked today's show, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or burlesquemoms.com. Thank you.